Hi, Joe. Hi. How's everybody doing? Doing fine. I feel pretty pumped, Joe. How about yourself, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, this is a first for me. You guys are uh, yeah. up in my cherry right now. Yeah. I'm James, but on social media, I go as Don Carlos. Don Carlos. Yeah. I like that. It's nice to meet you, though, Don Carlos. What do you What do you do? I'm basically a real estate guy. Right now, we 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 have real estate, uh, mostly uh, flatland, in three different states. And so, I understand you. I understand you're into real estate too. You could say that. Yeah, we've uh, been in Monte Ecuador for five years. I've been here for five years, and um, I have family background in real estate but never personally got involved in it until flipping my own property before I came out here. And then we started getting into rentals and now recently sales. We, we've become the, the leading rental agency in Manta. Okay, Manta is, a, is the city that you're in in Ecuador, right? Correcto. All right. Where are you from originally? Born and raised in California. I consider myself more as a, of a Jersey guy because okay. when I was in Jersey for a number of years, it kind of stuck to me. You know, it kind of got into my okay. skin. And now we're in Florida. Yeah, we, so we moved to Florida about maybe three years ago. But I haven't been here for the entire three years. What area in Florida? What, you said three states you have, you have, you're doing business? Yeah, yeah. Currently, we, have, we own uh, residential properties in Arkansas, we, in California, and uh, sandwiched between Riverside and Coachella. We have some commercial and agricultural, and then we just recently acquired a condo in Ventura Country Club Golf Course here in Orlando. Oh, wow. That's diverse. That's it is. It is. I want to branch more into multi multifamily. Uh, we were doing very well. Well, we're still doing all right, but we're doing very well a few years ago. Right now, it's more of a question of how do we how do we increase the frequency of sales? Interesting. So what do you, how did you guys connect? What's, what's going on over there? I'm going to let Nis talk to that one yeah. if it would be okay. All right. So um, Don Carlos here uh, went to one of my uh, basically production companies that I've been producing for. And basically they have this new podcast division. Um, so they asked for my help as far as because the person's from Full Sail, they graduated from Full Sail, so alumni. Uh, and I basically gave them everything that I knew and the same gear that I suggested to you, I suggested to them. And voila, baby is born. He's the main client now. Uh, there is another podcast session that goes about music and art and entertainment industry, which is called the Soul Sessions. Um, that's the one because the, the production company, Supreme Soul Films. Um, so they're the ones basically putting this thing together they're going to help me produce my podcast and it's basically uh don carlos here has needed some really good entrepreneurs um basically that's it's all business no bull with him and voila nestor is the only reason that i was able to even make it work here when i came out here and i actually owe it to my grandmother for reminding me that ness was ecuadorian uh -huh. And we were close friends. We were like seven to 10 years old, right? Uh -huh. We used to swim all the time. We grew up in the same neighborhood in Staten Island. Okay. And we Staten were Island. Close. All right. We're practically yeah. guys yeah. on then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I grew yeah. up. Well, yeah, so did he. But my grandmother, when I came out to Ecuador the first time, and I told her my intention was to, you know, test the market, see if they were, they were ready for what I had to offer, if that it would fit here or work here. It did. She said, you should call Nestor. I'm like, okay, why though? <laughs> she goes, well, isn't he Ecuadorian? I'm like, you're right. Holy shit. That's right. And I, so I gave him a call. And I said, listen, man, I'm going out there. Will you accompany me, please? Um, you know, we, we made a deal. We came out here. My wife, well, my girlfriend at the time, she wasn't even really like, she was my new girlfriend at the time. She's my wife now and the mother of my daughter. <laughs> but at the time, she she had gotten us a condo in one of the like leading luxury buildings here. Flew Ness out. He stayed with us, and for wow. two weeks, two and a half weeks, we 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 trained together the first week, and then the second week we hit prospects. And the first prospect we hit was the property management company in the luxury building I was living in. In Ecuador. In Ecuador, in Manta, it's a building called the Poseidon, Poseidon Hotel and Condos. Um, anyway, shit, I could go on forever. Fast forward. We have six exclusives in that building right now, three or four of which are for sale. 
Very nice. Anywhere ranging from 149K to 289K, two to three bedrooms, oceanfront, beautiful. Uh-huh. Immediate ROI, 1.5%, annual 8.5%, um, and going up. Uh, that's a low ball. I, I actually, I'm in, a, in a, a little bit of a streak right now at above 10%, but on some properties. But, yes. you know, that's, you, need, you need time to, to see if that's going to stick. Those, those that, you know, recent influx in rentals up, up by you guys, it's actually trickling down to here, believe it or not. Yeah, no, it definitely is. No, everything is being affected Crazy. because of what's happening here. We are, we're, the, we're, the, we're the pace car that's setting because right. if we can't get it right here, we're not going to get it right anywhere else. And it is affecting, but you know who isn't being affected is that international money. So even though that we're having beer infected, like international real estate is different than ours infrastructure, Yeah, where there's yeah. a lot of holes in ours, I want to say. When you say ours, are you referring to? And I say ours meaning... United States, North America, North America, okay. North America market. Well, particularly United States, because Canada is a different structure. There's mm -hmm. a lot of Canadians investing here. That's the reason why we're having problems because they have the money. They are coming out and buying a lot of properties, and they're kind of pushing out us, like that whole gentrification mm -hmm. thing. That's not just Canadians. That's the Chinese. That's, that's no, it's everybody. Up. But I have firsthand experience with the Canadians because I lost the house. I was in the I was in contract, oh, yeah. and I lost to somebody that came out and just boom. To a Canadian, so let me tell you something, Don Carlos and Nestor. The Canadians knew about Manta before the Americans did. Really? They were already here when I got here. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. oh, yeah. But since I've been here, we've tipped the scales a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I don't think I was part of that. Mm. I do. I do think because it's a small city, but it's a big city. It's an international, you know, tourist attraction. Cruise ships dock. Ten minutes, I can walk to the cruise terminal from here. Really? And, you know, you got 80 to 90 ships, you know, uh, voyages a, a year, you know, 70 to 90, depending on the seasons. But I mean, I don't know how how uh, COVID hit you or you, you know, with your real estate business. But out here for us, it was a perfect storm that if you played your cards right during the storm, mm -hmm. you could emerge from that storm with like a rocket in your ass, fucking right uh -huh. past everybody else, yeah. which is what happened with us through the pandemic. How did you do that? How did you do it? So I don't know if Ness told you about my branding formula. It's called, it's called the JAG formula. And it's so gimmicky that I had to change the initials of my company, company uh -huh. because my name is Joseph Andrew Jantapone. JAG are my initials. Okay. But I had a partner who was my creative director. I yes. was the project manager, sales lead director. He was the artist I chose to partner with. Also from Staten Island. Genius artist, graphic design, motion graphics, doing things for Showtime, HBO, yes. Discovery Channel, you know, all the big, you know, corporations. But working as a day player for the design companies that were being hired by these guys. So he was making bank. And on his own time, on his own terms. So he was going back and forth to Costa Rica. And I was originally going to be in Costa Rica with him. Okay. But um, that formula is what I applied to Rendon Manta, which is the company that we started here. Uh -huh. We took JAG Branding. JAG Branding is my branding agency in New York, which is still alive through, you know, for, whatever, for potential clients coming through. We still have a couple of clients starting to trickle back in. But before the pandemic, we were doing eight to ten thousand a month in, you know, in retain retainers. That was guaranteed mm -hmm. money every month from yes. our steady clients in New York, in the New York area. While I was down here, I had rent in Manto. We had a couple of rentals. We had like one or two units. We were doing it on the side. We hired a girl to do it for us. She was making like a lot of commission off the commissions. We didn't care. Um, we didn't even have owned in Ecuador, which is our sales division yes we did not we did not have a company which we also have called eat in manta or comer mm -hmm. in manta where it's a directory of restaurants similar to a yelp but without the reviews more for just finding menus and communicating with people the data i'm collecting on that website last year we did eighty thousand page views from twenty thousand visitors um mm -hmm. and that's because the site is used multiple times per week by the same people checking the same three to five menus it's exactly what I intended it to be. And that is helping our rental division. But right before the pandemic, 
we lost all our clients. Or right when the pandemic hit, we lost all our clients in New York. That eight to ten thousand a month went to zero overnight. Mm-hmm. And we we luckily we got we got by the skin of our teeth. We got lucky when it came to our staff and our office. I won't get into that. Went home. We sheltered in place. The whole country was under quarantine, and everybody was following the the, the the rules as far as driving, mask wearing. There was no like, you know, none of that happened yes. down here. It was everyone just freaking just fell in line, and it was the most peaceful time in my life. Where we ended up getting pregnant, focusing all of our efforts on rent in Manta because uh-huh. the Jack Brandy clients had been, had gone overnight. So we had all this energy. And all this creativity and all these strategies that we were giving to other businesses uh-huh. that we were then able to focus solely on rent in Manta from March to August, September of 2020. And she told me we were having our, our, our first baby in, in June or July. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. She's going to be two next uh-huh. week. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. But the, it, it was a blessing in the skies for, for us in that when August came, and they reopened the airlines because we had done so much marketing during that time frame just for rent and month to change the website, designed a brand new brochure, sent it out to different emails that we had built lists for, started communicating with other agents and getting adding our, their properties to our site for free in return for a shared commission should we rent their property. Everything was, it was a perfect storm. We also turned Eaton Manta at that time into a sort of like community service. It was free. We weren't charged. We weren't charging a dime, and that company was generating us about a thousand, two thousand a month here, um, just before the pandemic. So yeah, so we turned that into a charity. We helped the restaurant community, we helped the small business community, and the and the and the real estate community. And when August came, and uh, they opened the airlines, the floodgates. Our phones didn't stop ringing. Our forms on our websites were getting filled out constantly. Our social media, we were generating leads from our social media. Our YouTube channel grew. Everything grew. And these are real leads, correct? It's not just like the person who posts a picture on LinkedIn to get the likes and other vanity metrics. Oh, no, this is no, no, zero. I am an organic guy. I have been doing web development, organic web development and, and strategizing using traditional old school methods of advertising combined with Internet. I've been doing that since 1997. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm 42. I started when I was 17. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur and my grandfather was in real estate. Okay. And my dad owned restaurants and a nightclub and a comedy club while I was growing up in Brooklyn and Staten Island. And he was the marketing guy and the idea man. He had partners, like five partners. So I watched him doing all his marketing for restaurant for the restaurant and the nightclub growing up. And I learned that. And then in 96, he formed the first website company in Staten Island. It was a brick and mortar walk in. Hi, I'd like a website. Uh-huh. Um, and and I started working for him. And I learned, fo- I was an artist my whole life. So I had that creative edge. I, I painted, I drew all that stuff. I was I was commissioning my artwork at 14 years old. Murals, portraits and stuff like that. And my dad hired me for, my dad hired me for his website company to do Photoshop. And he was like, all right, go learn Photoshop. <laughs> so, you know, since the beginning. So yeah, so no, all organic. And always like as I spend as little money on paid advertising as possible. I, I go I go months without spending a dime in paid advertising. So, Joe, in addition to the skill stacking that I see taking place over the 42 years of your life, you're very young to be so successful. Uh, yeah, <laughs> successful. Well, yes, I feel successful. But on a monetary scale, we have a long way to go. If we were to take. The JAG marketing strategy, the, the formula, the formula, and if we were to put them in test tubes, in a nuclear centrifuge, and spin it at ultra high velocity, the the result, what would the resulting plutonium of that be? It would always be growth. Growth. Organic. Would always be, no, no. It would be guaranteed growth. Organic growth. Organic. That's yeah, key. you keep that's forgetting key. that's you. the that's word that key. I learned from you. That's the reason why I spit it out to my students here. I spit it out that's to key, man. You just taught me something. I never use that word. You use it I'm all the fucking time. That's why I learned it from you. When I'm teaching so- it, when I'm teaching it, when okay. I'm teaching it, when I'm <laughs> selling it, not so much. I'm not a very good salesman, Don Carlos. <laughs> you, you, need to, you need to explain to me a little bit more because typically the formulas that I've seen, 
and I'm saying this, of course, with the greatest love and respect, but typically the formulas that I've seen, the largest amounts of growth have come from acquiring something else rather than from rather than organically. So I think you've hit something that most people don't see. I think you've come, ac come across something, discovered something, uncovered something. Well, I do. I believe so also. I know I have. And that's why I've been quite secretive about it over the years. Uh -huh. Oh, so you don't <laughs> want to completely reveal... Well, if you're a paid customer, yes no. you get it. Yeah, you, okay. If you're a paid customer, you get the formula. All right. Yeah, but I can't, I, you know, I've considered, and I actually have the plan to yes. uh, monetize differently by yes. turning it into a lesson plan, curriculum almost. Workshops. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. workshops have different instructors for different departments. Because it's, a, it's a multifaceted, omni-channel, um, you know, uh, it's both left and right brain side, you know, right side you know, uh, stuff, creative plus analytical. All but right. really what it is, Don, Don Carlos, what I did was my whole career was always, hey, Joe, will you design a logo for me? Will you design a website for me? Will you do this for me? Will you do that for me? Uh -huh. um, after, as I was a freelancer, right? So I started doing this in the late 90s and then left my dad's company to form my own stuff and just was on entrepreneur, you know, serial entrepreneurialism since I was 21. Yes. Um, but this formula that I'm talking about, I applied it to a mural painting business, yes. a stork sign business, a restaurant directory in Manta, a property management company in Manta, and now a real estate company in Manta, as well as now this podcast in Manta. Um, the, the real estate company is all of Ecuador, but the rest are all focused in Manta. But this formula is, is I've, I've customized it for restaurants. And I've sold the restaurant version of this formula to multiple restaurants. And I've doubled their business annually using this, but with me at the helm. So that's a little bit, that's tricky, but I, it can be taught. It can be replicated. If and, I were to uh, guess what some of the yeah. elements would be, and you don't have to say yes or no, but just trying to read in between the lines, I would probably think that you somehow uh, add a turbo turbojet to the referral process as well as to leverage one business one source against the other to such that they 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 uh what's the word i'm looking for they interlock or they 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 react to the right, they right. formulate the, they coagulate Symbi symbiotic symbiotic such yes. that two plus two equals ten i mean i'm not sure i understand 100 percent so what I understood from Don Carlos, because I kind of speak a little Don Carlos, is basically what everything that you've created, basically it formulates a good chemical bond or a good nucleus, like he said, when he, like, you know, the... the, the it's not plutonium. additive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not it, additive. You're, you're, you're working organically, mm -hmm. but in a way that multi, has a multiplier effect with, through what it... With, Correct. Through, Correct. Through referrals and through one business... Uh, leveraging against the other not financially but in terms of connections networks yes yeah yeah you want so okay so if i'm understanding what your your premise here you're saying at some point in time throughout the process it goes from zero to 60 almost and there's a tipping point almost where um you know like you said referrals start coming in at a at a uh, scheduled or rapid rate mm -hmm. right and you are able to leverage your that what you've built there in order to create affiliations, symbiotic relationships with other entities, entities, businesses, brands in your area or freelancers as well, because you come from the freelancing world as well. well. So a network. yeah, so from from my it's relationship yes. based, um, and the thing is that the one thing I know about Joe, and that's the one thing I've learned more more of it is is that everyone comes to you with their vision in the future, just like Emil was like 10 years in the future. Like, you know, Joe gets those people through the door and yeah. say they want to go there. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah but you got to go back and establish just a cool account right now that put it. Yeah. This, okay. So that's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So yeah, he's right. So basically Don Carlos, it's more common sense uh, elements uh, that require that any business or any brand would require in order to grow itself uh, right with from a marketing perspective not we're not talking about like you know logistics and you know uh, raw materials and supply it's and, and overhead etc this is right. strictly marketing um, 
but those elements, what I noticed in my years doing this, I noticed that most entrepreneurs um, who weren't hiring agents or agencies could guide them through the process when it came to marketing um, and weren't marketers themselves. What I noticed happening was they were choosing the wrong elements at the wrong time or yes. eliminating key elements because they didn't, they were intimidated by it. They didn't understand it. The one biggest one, and here's my seat, was data. None of them, none of the small businesses and medium-sized businesses owners were even remotely interested in the data. And I can tell you this for a fact because I have been dealing, I've done dealt with well over 500 entrepreneurs over mm -hmm. the past 25 years. I've built well over 500 websites over the past 20, 22 years. Um, I'm responsible for tens of millions of dollars in sales through online orders. And, and um, I'm responsible for acquisition of millions of dollars in um, investment money. Mm -hmm. I've helped, I've helped, I've helped my clients uh, secure investment to start their, their startups yes. using this formula because it, the, what it is, is, and I'll just go through the steps real quick. Um, and you tell me if it makes sense to you. Number one would be your brand identity. But before that, you would have to do an, anal an analysis of the market, an analysis of your existing brand, if you have one. Um, and then you would get into a brand manual, a brand identity, we call it a brand evolution, where you would evolve your brand. If at any point in time you have an excuse to evolve your brand, you should take it. If you're going for investors, you should rebrand. If you're about to make a presentation to one of your biggest opportunities ever, you might rebrand if you have it in the tank. And a lot of companies have a rebrand in the tank. I have one for every single brand I have. I have the next version of it. New design, new color scheme, new fonts, new style. And we see the light of day yet because we're not ready. That's the kind of stuff that I would seek an investor for, which we're getting close to that. We're getting close to that. But I lost my train of thought. Okay, so analysis, brand design. Data and brand evolution that's yes. steps one through three then you get into purchase of a domain name and set up of your when you're setting up your brand identity now you have to think not just a brand manual page of you know i flip through a manual looking at logo colors photo type spots you have to think your online footprint that's part of your brand manual now what does that mean all of your social media handles being the same as your website having a landing page, microsite sort of story that you're telling about your business that you can add to and evolve over time. Um, blogs are part of a brand now. Your Google, your My Business, your YouTube channel, your Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, it's like- it One never supports ends. the other and one feeds off the other. But they all need to be in tune with one another and yes. tagging the same hashtags and linking to the same landing pages and et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that's like part of that process. Then you get into, I look at the web design aspect of brand evolution in two parts. There's your lanzamiento web, we call it here. It's like your launch. And then there's your full web attack, your omni-channel website launch, right? There's, there can be months between those two periods in time, and you can do a lot in there, a lot using those things that you just did in the first three steps. Right, right? In, including chopping up stuff, uh, taking, taking a, let's say, this interview and chopping it up into segments and reposting it on different forums multiple times. Content is king. All right. Content is king. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me a little bit of Gary Vee, but keep going. Yeah. 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 yeah, I've been following Gary Vee for years. Yeah, I've been following him for years. He's an he's an inspiration. He's definitely a guy to be got to watch. Yes. Um. Yeah. So that so now you're in into the lanzamiento web phase, and you're into the content creation phase, right? So now you're breaking out cameras, you're shooting stuff. This is content creation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you get into the next phase, which is biblioteca multimedia. I've been doing it here longer than I've been doing it in the states, so I'm literally using the Spanish versions of these things, but it, you know, it's your, it's your media library. And what a lot of business owners fail to do is they fail to realize that organization is key when it comes to building a media library and they don't do it. They don't name their images by the, you know, with, with search searchable terms, you know, uh, separated by dashes and underscores and dates so that 
that they can access them later, it, yes. years later, and know exactly where they're located in a, 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 a hard drive. But also, when you upload it to the internet, it's generating organic traffic to your to your platforms, wherever they may yes. be. Um, you know, so this is formulaic in that you know you got to do the first three before you can even start this part well. Because if you don't have an operational brand manual and, you know, all those things in place, handles and web websites and, you know, slash join, slash meet the team, slash contact us, slash summer 2024, whatever. You know, if you don't have that in place, then when you start marketing, mm -hmm. when you start posting on social media and making videos or whatever, making a story on your Facebooks, making a story on your WhatsApp and you don't give your viewers a landing page to go to, you know, are you wasting your time? Are you missing out on that? Yeah, I, I believe, yes. I have a culture that I teach everyone who works with us and try to, try to express it to, to all of our, our people. Landing pages in the first three lines of your posts are so important nowadays and so valuable. So and it's a kind of a funnel. See, 100%. Yeah. All right. Does it, is it so, a funnel so, that lands on one spot or multiple spots? Depends. It yeah. all depends. It all depends. Okay. But that's what, you, you know, it's funny. Like I don't use those words here. I stopped using funnel because they don't really get it here. But, you know, lead generation and customer funneling website is so much more difficult in my opinion. Yes. Um, and less, you get less of a return on it, you know? Mm -hmm. You're spinning your wheels and you're generating a lower return, like you know. So anyway, now we're in like five or six. We're, we're, we've created our content, we've built a landing page, we've been generating, you know, leads and signups or you know subscriptions on that landing page, using it in our marketing while we're building out our web, our website, and while we're building out our website and shooting our content, we're shooting the content for it. We're generating content, we're posting. We're sending people to the landing page to join so they can be notified when the site's live, you know, cookie cutter stuff. But, you know, then we launch a site, we, we launch all, so, all our social media, and we start generating YouTube videos. Build a YouTube channel, have a, a YouTube handle, have that already done. And now you start producing video content, stories, reels, horizontal, etc. And nowadays, captions are mandatory. If you're not putting captions in your videos, you're, you're failing to, to meet the, the need because it's there. Mm -hmm. People are watching. And the percentage is something crazy. Like, I, I don't want to say any numbers because I don't remember, but look it up. You'll find it. I wish I had a, like one of those side guys. What hey. you're talking about is is basically because people are scrolling and they have their they're muted, be, they're they're the volume off because <laughs> um, when exactly. you're when you're scrolling, you're basically scrolling and probably in a place you shouldn't be scrolling. That's one way to put it. But 100. percent When the person next to you is trying to sleep, when you're in class, when you're at work, when you're going to the bathroom, you know, think times when you wanted things to be muted, when the baby's trying to go to sleep, you know. I wish I had my headphones or I could just read it. If it's not something that I'm being entertained by, if it's informational, if it's a real estate video, for example, I don't need to hear it. I just need to read what they're saying. You know what um, he's saying reminds me of? What was that? Have you uh, ever seen the movie, The Devil's Advocate? A hundred times. Great movie. times he's Great movie, Al Pacino. <laughs> Do you remember this at the time where Al Pacino, I think they're walking in the chicken market and he says, they never see me coming. <laughs> do you remember that? Now I do. Now I do. That's what now you're I doing. Do. You're not. You're not explicitly telling people to come to this page, but it sounds like you're doing it in a very subconscious, subtle way that they're kind of going to the going to your sources. You know. Well, that's one thing I can tell, tell say about Joe. Everything that I've been spewing to you guys, yeah. you know, producing this this show, it's 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 fundamentals things like he has a, he always says the cart before the horse. But I'm guessing he's forgetting all these terminologies because he really doesn't speak English when he's over there. But it's just one of those things where like he's always saying the cart before the horse. He's saying organic. He's saying all these things, especially with social media. And, and that's the things that I took away. I showed a lot of things to Joe that blew his mind. But the things that he showed me i was connecting these but dots he's, he's an incredibly bright guy yeah, he's all right what i'm saying is I can it's like hear you i know i'm messing with you, you know, what, what i'm saying is it's like let's say for example he wants me to drink this coffee right 
he won't say, I, Joe, want you to drink this coffee. He just puts it in front of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he, he makes me think that I made the decision. And you're like, oh, okay, I did want coffee. Maybe yeah, I he, did want coffee. He makes All me right. think because no, no, it appeals to my ego. Coffee. Here's what I would do with Don Collins. It appeals to I my ego. You coffee. make me think. Yeah. I would I would I would I would make the coffee and then say, Would you like a cup? And start pouring it for you. Yeah. <laughs> so he then he, how are you gonna say no? Yeah, he's that like, would be yeah. Very rude. I was like, okay, oh, I can't I guess I do want a cup of coffee. <laughs> you know what? I, I could have used you when I was younger and trying to get girls. A good yeah. wi- a good wingman. <laughs> it's funny because I re- literally regurgitate everything that I've learned from him. Uh-huh. Not like to the to the thing that's like I usually take the person and like usually my students is like you know I just write what you know do what you know um, if not don't like also if you don't know something ask like it's, like it's literally like basic common sense as he says it's like it's literally little steps that but no everybody's too far in the future they could see themselves being so successful with this wonderful idea but if you can't implement the fundamental ideas to make that grow then uh-huh. you're just putting the cart before the horse as he always says yeah. Mm-hmm. I lo- but I think what he just said summed up probably the JAG policy without even telling me that right. he would actually pu- make the coffee. He would probably have the, the smell of it, the, you know, the fumes mm-hmm. that coming to- in my direction. And then he would come and pour it for me and, he, and would say, would you like to have some coffee? Exactly. And by that time, I'm already kind well, of worked up. have a cup up. of coffee with me. <laughs> yeah, by that time, I'm already worked up. So I have a question. I, so the I, I Heart Manta, right, or I Love Manta, um, it's a podcast, right? Are you producing other podcasts for other clients now, or you're just only doing it for you? So here, thank thank you for that question because it actually sums up a lot of what I've been able to do down here and, and why I invite other entrepreneur minded entrepreneurial minded folks that I know to try it out. I do not offer my services to other businesses anymore for Jag Brand. Jack Branding right now is the engine that is running all of our brands, which was a dream, right? You know, to eliminate because managing clientele in marketing is a tough, tough game. Um, And it's usually very thankless. And um, I have a lot of passion for what I do. And I know that, you know, a lot of years and I was kind of bred for it. I was very lucky to be brought up in the, era by the people um that i was and so you know i come down here and i see pools and pools of talent and i see a lot of artist um exploitation in latin america for sure i mean all over the world right but and i've been on the receiving end of that right i was an artist for many years getting exploited for my, my my work getting underpaid or uh not paid and expected the world of um et cetera et cetera so by not having to, you know, answer to clientele and being able to focus all of our efforts inward, that yes. was a blessing that I would not have been able to do up north because it's just too expensive up there, man. I had to bust my ass, you know, too many hours a day to generate um, the kind of income that was needed to set myself free uh, in a business that I was very, that was very lucrative. You know, I got lucky. I got into the movie business and I got, you know, I was, I was a local 52. I still am a card holding local 52 grip yes. for the international Alliance of theatrical stage employees. And when I went back last year, you know, and just, just as I had told my wife for five years, she didn't believe me that all I had to do was pick up $500 to $700 uh, day rate starting yeah. the next yeah. day. Mm-hmm. She didn't believe me <laughs> for years because she's from here. Mm-hmm. I told her that was my life. That's how I got down here. That's how I came back, you know, how do you think I'm, I'm? How do you think we have this right here? You know that that money came from somewhere. It was from my, my labor. Yes. Um, it wasn't an inheritance. It wasn't. Um, it was just you know, hard work for ten years. And so you know, I went back last year, and we went. We did three and a half months there. The first five weeks I was vacationing. The rest I was working. Six or seven weeks of uh, fifty-two labor, and I was you know easily take home. 2100 2300 a week you know that's great to come back to and you know I, it, that kind of thing is what i learned a lot about the you know high level film production marketing and every time i was on those jobs i was looking around going this could have been way cheaper yeah. <laughs> like, 
they were spending millions and millions of dollars. There's a certain kind of honesty that you get from the immigrant or for or from someone from the ethnicities like ourselves that you don't yeah. you don't hear as commonly among your uh, standard, let's say, American guy who comes from one of those square shaped states in the middle of the country. And it's yeah, this. Yeah. My, my parents immigrated, God bless them, they passed on from Iran in the 1950s. And there's oh. an expression we have in Persian, we say, which means falsely happy. Do you Have you ever seen The Life of Brian? The Life of Brian? Yes, yes it's, a, it's an old national, uh, not national lampoons, Monty uh, Python uh, branded. And it's basically, uh, Brian is, is not Jesus, but basically a, a, everyone thinks he is. Well, at the end of this end, end of Monty Python, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Brian and a few other of his followers, uh, followers, mm-hmm. they're they're crucified, and they start getting they, they 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 start singing and whistling. Always look on the bright side of life, because you know they're basically trying to say that there's always some hope, and the the you can you're already smiling because you see how ridiculous it is. I mean, what could be worse than being crucified? There's no way back. And they're sitting there with with the, being crucified, whistling and singing, you know, look on the bright side of life. That would be the perfect but the, definition. But Monty Python, The Life of Brian. Yeah. The Life of Brian. Life That's of the perfect explanation of Ala Kihosh, falsely happy. But a lot of people buy into it. Mm-hmm. They'll be, they, underneath, they're not really happy, but they'll say, well, I'm happy, or, you know, even worse modern day feel good type life coaches will say that they'll redefine success as being happy, right? So such that if uh, some guy who sleeps under a freeway underpass, who is, yeah. who is happy is successful, right? Right. They, so, but the, the immigrant or like the guy from the ethnicity is like us, mm-hmm. will come to the United States and they'll, they'll say, well, you know what, in my, home country, let's say in Armenia mm-hmm. or, or in Albania, I was an accountant, but over here I'm driving a FedEx truck. I'm thankful I have the job. I don't like it, but I'm doing this to put food on the table. But in 10 years, I'll be a millionaire, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we're yeah. able to separate what's really going on, be cold turkey, completely objective, right? Although we do what's needed mm-hmm. to be done. So more, I wouldn't be surprised if I asked you and you told me when you first got started out that you were making 300 cold calls a day, that you were working 17 hours a day until you hit your stride and then you reached a certain tipping tipping point, right? I wouldn't be surprised because you, you were telling us about working at the, the, the local union and how hard you were working. However, what we see nowadays with a lot of people, they would do that kind of like all in the family, Archie Bunker, they wouldn't be happy with it, but they would somehow convince themselves that they're happy that way. Right. You know? But the, the thing that I understand Joe had just said is that with yeah. the um, with the union, it was that he has that to fall back on. That's why he's still a part of that because he can do that and he earned that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. But the, the thing was that it was a means to an end for me because I was never happy doing it. Right. Yes. Um, I was That's miserable. what I'm speaking I to. I couldn't be creative. I was carrying a 25-pound tool, tool belt 14 hours a day, you know, getting shit on by, uh, uh, you know, upper, up, you know, the upper management and higher. Um, I worked my way up. I went from low man to key over that 10 years. My last three years, I was a key grip, which put me at the top of the lowest pile. <laughs> right. Like, so you use that to turn on the engine. I yeah. use that to get to, yeah, to turn on the engines I actually, what happened was I got into a car accident. I was, I was working three jobs. I was working the union gig. I was installing the stork signs and I was, I was running Jag branding New York. Uh-huh. And I had several restaurant clients whose branding I was managing. I was keying jobs. So I wasn't doing the physical aspect of it. I was doing the hours. I was waking up, you know, I had to leave my house at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, it was like five o'clock in the morning. I woke up at 4.30 five days a week and I would be at six o'clock, you know, climbing the ladder, swinging the hammer mm-hmm. and then home at seven o'clock at night, dead shower, eat, pass out, wake up, do it again. But at that point in time, you know, I was working so much 
that I fell asleep behind the wheel of a car, my car, while I was driving with my girlfriend at the time um, and broke my foot. Couldn't go back to work. I took Jack Branding and I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to just double down on this in an air cast and a cane. I, I changed my uniform from tool belt to suit and tie. And I pounded the pavement in Staten Island, visiting every restaurant I knew, cold calling them, visiting them with my packages that I designed and developed specifically for them. Pricing, ready to sign in the meeting. And I went to 10 restaurants and I closed 10 restaurants in two months, less. I was killing it. I completely proved my concept. Um, it was like shooting fish in a barrel on Staten Island, but it was in 2014, 2015. So things have changed since then. Um, but, you know, I did that with a broken foot because I couldn't grip. Mm-hmm. And that right. concept is what led me into closing, you know, $50,000, $80,000 a year in, um, in mar- marketing and branding packages for the next two years after that. So I didn't have to go back. It's like Joe was on the shooting range, right? And he thought he missed the fifty-meter target, mm-hmm. but he ended up surreptitiously hitting the three-hundred-meter target, right? And the one thing I could say is like, and I just heard you say, yeah. Joe, is basically what ended up happening with you now with iHeart Manta and everything with Jag Branding. You're basically your own client. You are Brand Evolution, your own businesses that you've signed to yourself. So you signed to yourself, and you're cutting your own checks. And I'm quoting Ludacris, by the way. So that's exactly yeah. what you've done. I, and, I wish I was cutting more of those checks that you speak so. But at of. least you've realized, and it's something I just recently told somebody this is like, you need to worry about your branding, your marketing before you start worrying yeah. about somebody else's because you don't mm-hmm. even know if that person's going to even care what you have to do, you, what you they'll can care, possibly they'll do. They'll care when you're helping them. But if, if something better comes along or they start to feel like they can do it without you, uh-huh. suddenly they forget all you did. It's very thankless. Very thankless. Very thankless. Yes. That's why I don't like doing it anymore. That's why, that's why I used... So when we created the rental agency, it was because we the first company I told you about that Nestor introduced us to, they screwed us. They, they verbally agreed to a $30,000 marketing package, right. which... My wife and I both left our previous whatevers and focused all our energy on that. I had a partner at the time in New York. I had an office, 2000 a month, full-time staff in um, Staten Island. Yes. And the plan was we had already had a, a $10,000 order in with the Apple store because I was going to move to Manta with all the old equipment, hire a team, get them started, and they would be our, our sister company in Ecuador. And I would be going back and forth on my way to the airport. That partner whose name the Apple order was in called me and said, I, I quit. If you go to Ecuador, I'm not doing this when it was always the plan. And I said, it was was the easiest decision I ever made in my life. I was like, all right, I guess I'll see you later. Got on that plane and I didn't come back. That was April, 2018. I I never came back. Yeah, there are times in life where you just basically have to say, you know what, buddy, I lift my leg on you. Yep. You know? Literally. (laughs) I haven't been back. The funny thing is, Joe, actually, I haven't been back since I've I've been amputated. And Joe was actually, I was actually not going to take on any gigs Uh at all. And Joe called me, like, Uh kind of, not frantic, but Uh he was like, this is so mixed. I was on a, I was a man on a mission. Dude, like the con, the conversation we had was just like my, I can't believe I didn't think of this earlier and it took my grandmother to just like pointed it to me and like I really don't understand why I didn't call you sooner and like he was like he was already mad at himself and he was explaining and apologizing to me like he didn't go like <laughs> dude like what the I like dude oh first of all how's the last five years of your life been because i haven't talked to you in over five years i'm like but yeah dude i'll take your apology i have no idea why i'm taking it but i'll take it you mean going to ecuador <laughs> yeah he wanted me to go to ecuador and basically be his on-site uh, i guess uh, production coordinator if you will because that's basically the ser- that, that what i served and actually oh, client so- acquisition and translator and all of the above what ness ended up doing for me was translating i i didn't speak any spanish 
but not just translating when we were in meetings or talking to people. He knew, first of all, he knew Ecuador. He knew the Ecuadorian culture. Oh, yeah. Nestor taught me something in our first week here. He said something to me that that expats and immigrants from around the world who come here um, have a hard time grasping. And I don't know if I would have had he not told me this in like my first days. I probably was getting frustrated about something. Uh-huh. Somebody taking too long, not whatever it was. And he said, Joe, you got to be you got to be you got to understand something. It's a manana attitude here. These guys don't see past manana. Yes. They don't plan past manana. They don't think past manana. I can get it done manana. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that helped with because um, I get I get you know frustrated easily sometimes if people miss meetings or they're late or they tell me they're going to do something and they don't uh-huh. do it and I and I count on them doing it and they don't do it but here that happens. Let me ask you this: I used to think how wonderful it would be if there were some country where all of the people were stupid and I could go there and be king, right? And then I ended up working in organizations that were like that and I realized the rules were all different. Mm-hmm. So even yeah. if I was the smartest guy, they would never let me be king. No. So if you were yeah. in a, a, a culture where manana is the attitude, would you actually gain more business by producing faster results than everyone else or would it make no difference? You are... You tell me I'm smart. To deduce that from what I just told you is the key. You just do a little bit better. Just a little bit better. Don't force yourself though. And if you you do do it fast. I'm not saying to skimp. I'm not saying to be lazy. I'm not saying, no, you don't, you can. So here, yes. The answer is yes. If you do a little bit better, if you hold, if you, if you are a little bit more attentive to your customers, if you have a slightly higher quality product or good customer service, et cetera, et cetera, you will quickly maintain, you know, take the leadership or at least take, you know, one of the leader leading roles in the, in the local industry here. So that's a good thing. It's like, I, I, when I, when I was doing the 12 to 15 hour work days and really not just neck down, I was, I was full body. I was brain and neck down. I was physical, but I was also there for problem solving as a key. I said to myself on a daily basis, especially when I was sitting in two and a half hours traffic going home, if I did this down here, at half my, my my current pace, I'd be running circles around everyone. That's so, amazing. So what I was going to say is, is that that's what I was trying to tell Joe is, is that you don't have to be like, if you're going to edit and get the edits done within like two hours where it normally takes everybody else two uh-huh. days, don't tell them it took you two days. Because right. the thing is that they're going to get used to that and they're going to expect it at that price, the price that you're giving them a break on. Because that's the speed you go. Because we, we only know in, in New York, we only know two speeds. It's either move really fast or get the hell out of my way. That's basically it. Because outside of that, there is, like you said, mañana. Like, no, we need it yesterday for mañana. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the thing is, like, when I said that to him, yeah, I just, like, look, everything around here after five shuts down. After nine, everybody goes home. Everything is blacked out. There's no 24-hour businesses. And the only thing that do stay open are the bars. And then they close at three o'clock or two o'clock. And then that's it. It's done. Yeah. You want to know something, though? Here in Manta, I would I would like to believe that we've played a role in the evolution of the, um, the young entrepreneur culture here. We've definitely... Um, given them a boost we've catalyzed a lot of new stuff that would not have been we brought stuff here that would have taken forever to get here it was barely in the capital city it was barely in guayaquil which is you know one of the richest cities it was barely in cuenca which is was a much more populated um expat haven for much longer but my arrival in manta and the influences that my wife and i have had on the community have and brands we built have helped bring bring attention from outside investors and um, you know folks from all around the world, influential folks from around the world, and it's helped inspire locals to to raise their standards. Yes, and it's helped to attract Ecuadorians from other areas that are much more developed, like those cities I just mentioned. It's attracting them; they're coming now. They're buying property. They're they're opening offices here when their original office was in Quito or Cuenca or Guayaquil. Um, they're like I said, they're buying properties here as either 
permanent living spaces and relocating here because the weather is so great and the food is so great and it's much cheaper in a lot of ways. Not every way, but in a lot of ways than the other cities. The rents in Manta are higher than the rents in Cuenca, much. So you're actually part of a part of the process of producing a cultural change. Yeah, and influ influencing because there was a demo, and I told you that there was a demographic in that country that thought exactly like us, but we were a very small demographic and nobody else knew that it existed because they only watch it on TV and they only see it via like an international channel like MTV. MTV- you know, Because you, you, you reminded me of a data piece that made me, that remind, that was about when I came here, we started creating our own branding and marketing material and we wanted to use data points to in our marketing material. So if you look at our social media posts, we have blogs, our website itself, it was full of little data points about, and one that stood out for me that I dedicated a whole thing to, was social media posts, a little mini campaign, was how the internet did not arrive to Ecuador as a whole on a, on a residential level to the general population until 2008, I it, think it was. It came via cell phone, be honest with you. Cell right. phones so, is what, but yeah. Internet service mm -hmm. as a, um, you know, among the general population was lower than 8% in 2008. By 2011, 10, 18, but within 10 years, no, it was a 10 year time span. Within those 10 years, 2018, it was at 90%. Yes. So in 10 years, this, the people here were thrust into the internet age, right? Yes. We got the internet in the 90s, mm -hmm. early 90s, mm -hmm. you know, mid 90s, 92 AOL, 91 AOL, Netscape, Prodigy, and then, you know, the rest. But we had access to, to it way earlier than that. And so that told me that because they had the receptacles, the devices, the phones, tablets, that they had, they would not be, they did not have what we had. They did not have the ability to adapt to it business-wise. And so, for example, when I came down here, why did I create eatinmanta.com? Why did I create that? Because I got here, my first night, my wife was in Esmeraldas. I couldn't order food. I tried, there was nothing online. I didn't speak English, I didn't speak Spanish. So I had to order from the hotel restaurant. Okay, next night, my wife comes home, my girlfriend at the time, and I'm like, hey, I don't want the restaurant from downstairs. Let's order something. She goes, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know, what's good? She's like, I'll order you something nice. I'm like, okay, great. We couldn't find any menus. We went on Facebook, all the, all the restaurants that were in the area, none of them had a menu none. on their Facebook page. Really? None of them had Google business accounts. No, you nothing. You could barely find anything. Mm -hmm. The only thing you could find was Papa John's, and if you wanted to order online, you could only order online in Quito and Guayaquil. Manta, a, a, a tourist city in Ecuador with cruise ships coming in and an airport and a bunch of expats and immigrants from all over the world, Europe, Asia, North America, other countries in South America. They didn't have English anywhere. The hotel had no English signs. It never occurred the to anybody. weren't in English and no. there was nothing available online. She called a taxi. She sent the taxi to the restaurant the taxi placed the order at the restaurant, mm -hmm. brought the food. It was eight bucks for two huge meals plus the delivery, by yes. the way. Mm -hmm. And he walked away. And I said, Amber, you were talking to the taxi driver? She goes, yeah. I go, what, what restaurant did he go to? I don't know. I just told him I wanted chuletas with taco, da, da, da. And he went to the best one. And you were at the whim of the, and, and not, only, not only that, you could literally get robbed like that. Like literally yeah, they can yeah. rob you if they want to like that, but they got, they know that they know the person that's calling. They'll right. only do it to that person. So that's, yeah. it's, like, it's like an honor. Oh yeah. System. No, she had the taxi driver's number in her phone. It was someone she trusted, someone she knew. So this is the system they had. Yeah. And I'm coming from New York. The Senior honor system. World and I warned so, him about this. So these expats <laughs> that go and live in Ecuador, are they a sizable community? I think that, I think there's 40,000 over the past 12 years. So have um, they, in their, in terms of their expectations, have they become more Ecuadorian or, or are they, or are they more American? In other, in other words, do they subscribe to Domani, 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 mm -hmm. you know, or are they like, great, Joe is here. He can get me what I need right now. A little bit of both. Yeah. And some more than others. And they form groups and cliques. Uh -huh. And they use Facebook to communicate, mm -hmm. and they're, they they 
yeah, so some of them want to see things change, but I'm going to be honest with you, the majority of them do not. The majority of the ones who end up staying here uh-huh. do not. In fact, when an, when an expat does come and that group finds out about their behavior being, you know, intolerant of Ecuadorians or why don't they speak more English or why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? You'll get a lot of the other ones saying, hey, you know what? Maybe this place isn't for you. And and that's the thing is, is that like when I went to Joe, Joe actually understood my frustration. I was like, dude, this is the reason why businesses here don't work. Like people that come from out, out from our country or anywhere else, they come here and they come here thinking that everything's going to operate the way it operates there. No, you have to bring your system here and you have to implement it. Because honestly, and that's the thing is, it's like I just kept telling Joe, like, Joe, this is a different, different culture. Oh, my God. We got to do another episode, bro, because we didn't talk about real estate here, Don Carlos. Holy shit. Well, well, we, wild well, west. Well, what I want to tell you is that we want to go there. And if you find a cigar place, because this is going to be the second season, that's like, because right now, this year, literally, we're sneaking this episode in for this last season. Um, because I was telling, you know, Don Carlos, he was like, we, we got to, like, we did the movie of magic, the power of movie and magic making, magic movie make my whatever. Um, base, you know what I mean? Is that we can do all these episodes one day, knock them out, and then roll them out on the time. Your algorithm, formula, organic thing, pushing them out, marketing, putting that, getting the website, everything. And that's exactly the formula that we're working here. It's like, it's just, I've adapted it for filmmaking, podcast making, broadcast artists. You know, I took your formula and I rebranded it to do work with artists and entrepreneurs. At least that's what I- you tell me you stole my formula? I didn't steal it. I augmented it, my friend. But you know, you did You did bring up something. It's open source, baby. Yes, it is. But it's common sense if you have the, the dots already in place. It's like- No, the, it's literally, you can go to my website and you can literally go step-by-step step through the formula with a brief description of each step and element if you really want to. I had a guy do that. In Costa, my ex-partner in Costa Rica actually did it. He literally swiped all the graphics that we made together. And rebranded it. Turned, the, turned them from green to purple, put it in Spanish, and launched a branding agency in Costa Rica. But he did you a favor because <laughs> he did all the translation for you, and then we retranslated it because he had some of the some of the translation was lost in the translation. You know it's what? Okay. You know it's what? Worth, if, he, it's, if if he didn't come up with it, he won't exactly know how to execute it. Exactly. And how about this? He left out data analytics. Yeah, that's. The and I remember part. seeing that, and I go, "Wow, that's the, the biggest key part. ingredient." He didn't even include it, and it's because he doesn't do it, and it's because. That's the issue. That's the MSG right oh, yeah. there. That's the all the flavors, all the sazon is right there. Now you you've created this very big uh, mathematical model where one thing connects to another thing, connects to another thing, connects to another thing, like a network. Is it something that you can put together once and then step aside and it it keeps it maintains itself, keeps spinning, or is it like Chinese plates in a circus where you have to keep running from one to another? And keep it spinning, spinning so the plate doesn't fall I knew exactly down. Exactly what he meant too. So that's a good question. So yes, no, it will it will continue after it's been you know gotten to a certain point. Yes. Like, for so example, the maintenance is minimal at that point. Correct. And you're in a we. I build systems within the system, and you have to have good people in charge of certain departments. You know, it's not a one man gig. That's why. When a business owner says, I'm going to handle my own marketing and branding, to me, it's like, you know, I maybe can, but I can't do it alone. Even though I can, I, I can personally handle each of the elements on some level, there's no way one human being can do them all. Nope. Yeah. It's just impossible. Exactly. And so you have to have key people, a good, good designer, a good editor, mm-hmm. um, a good copywriter. Uh-huh. Um, those are three key items. You, you need, you need, uh, uh, an, an analytically inclined person to run analytics. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's what we've got. I'm just a, an accountant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just, we just, we just did a good session with somebody that told us about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. I, I can see that. So you, you're the smart guy, but you're also very sociable. So you get Poindexter to work on uh, the analytics behind the door, Seymour and Poindexter 
but that's it, it works for them. That's you right. Know? We have plenty of Poindexters around now because yeah. nerds right are now, running I'm, the, I'm the that planet. guy. Yeah, Gross. nerds are running the planet, dude. People that read comic books and they're going flipping crazy over DCU and MCU stuff. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Hey, I read comic books. Dude, I stole some of your comic books. That's the only reason why I was able to read some of them. Do you, do you think you'll be coming over to uh, the States or at least uh, Florida anytime soon to pay a visit? I, I probably will be going to New York at some point in the next few months, hopefully, you know, May-ish. And then probably to Florida to visit my mom. She's in Jupiter right now. But due to the massive rental increases, she might be moving. Nice. Yeah. So I was actually going to tell you, you had the opportunity to meet the owner of this uh, production studio, Supreme Soul Films, if you would have came to that LAMC when you were in New York at the same time and I got you passes. Remember I told you that? Uh, and things happen, but you see the universe yeah, the way dude, it works. Uh, but now you're meeting one of its clients that is producing content because he had a bad, crazy. Yeah, bad situation. And he was just like, I was afraid that our three o'clock interview wasn't going to make it like our 12 o'clock interview. So I prepared. I really enjoyed meeting you, man. When, Me when you do oh, come to Florida, fun. I know that you may have other things to do, but please do your best to reach out to us. Let us know you're coming. Maybe we can have dinner together. No, we have, be awesome. to have a cigar and a session again. And then dinner. All right. Do you smoke cigars, Joe? I do not. Well, how about brandy, cognac, uh, no, nothing Lay like that. Lay it on me, baby. There you, you can't go. scare me. That doesn't scare him one bit. All right. All right. Well, will you come by and we'll we'll meet each other and we'll uh, we'll uh, have a good time. But is there any other companies that you want to like, you know, to anything that you're working on right now that you want to people to go and click right now to plug at the end of this session? At this point in time, I would say the, the studio that we were upstairs in, I Heart Manta, because if they go there, they'll be able to find everything else if they really want to. All right. Go to the YouTube youtube.com slash arroba at yo amo manta arroga. all right he said arroga he means the at sign right uh, so the whole thing is is that i wanted to ask you have you been connecting with the ministerio de turismo over there using the iheart manta and getting some money from that aspect not yet so what we're the current status of iheart manta right now is we are in the process of filling um pre-orders for merchandise and we have four episodes online and another five in the bank. I just shot the sixth today with a guy. And I actually took the lead on this one. Normally, my wife takes the lead. Yes. If you go to this YouTube channel, you'll see. She does the, she's she's the main uh, force. That's her profession. She was a, a journalist before I ripped her out of that and turned her into my partner. But, <laughs> but um, this was my first leading the interview. And then tomorrow, we have our first open format discussion episode. Mm -hmm. where it's not going to be an interview. It's just going to be me. One of our earlier interviews, Marcos Chiloisa, he's one of the leading visa lawyers and real estate lawyers in the country for expats. He's got, he's got the, the largest and most successful expat um, legal company in, in the country. He's got offices in Quito, Bahia, Salinas, Cuenca, Manta. And he and I tomorrow, along with his partner, Carlos Ramirez, from Blue Box Insurance. Yes. He's he's been in the game in the insurance game for expats for over 12 years, mostly in Cuenca, and he's got over 2,000 2500 clients under his belt. Mm -hmm. And he just opened an office in Manta, and he and Marcos together formed High Expat Magazine and High Expat Event Events. And they're doing all kinds of cool events. They just did a great Super Bowl party. I went to it. It was amazing. Really really well done stuff. These guys Focus on the expat community. They're very smart uh, Ecuadorians who learned English at a young age, studied and were able to service the expat community and chose to service only the expat community when they launched their businesses. Marcos 10 years ago and Carlos 12 years ago. And Carlos just recently told me I'm going to be interviewing him, interviewing him eventually, probably in the next week or two. He told me that he purposely avoided the Ecuadorian clientele in those really? first 12 years okay. purposely for, you know, he said they don't show up to meetings sometimes. Okay. Really, you know, they don't, you know, and a couple of other things that made him realize that the better, uh, the less risk and higher reward was in the expat community. So he just put yes. all his eggs in that basket. Okay. And so, yeah, 
That's why he's the biggest. So that's doing his what niche. He's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's only recently starting to offer his service to Ecuadorians. He told me. Well, well, that's because now that twelve years, because the culture is finally catching up, right, my friend. So, just letting you—I know, hope so. I think so. Yeah. So, just letting you know where we're at over here, because I know you know Nilo, because you met Nilo, and you know he's a very smart guy. His, yeah. his little film festival that just started. Now he's branching out. Um, there's talks about uh, new partners coming in. Um, I'm one of them because I might be coming into the music video category that he's going to be doing. And um, actually, we had a couple of uh, filmmakers from Ecuador. That I was, I only reason why I recognized it because I saw the brands, I saw the brands that they were using. That they got official sponsorships from from them to work with and to for the production budget. So, I was like, yo, if they can do that, we can put them for music videos, and we can go. And if you need music video services from anybody else, like, and you get connected with the uh, Ministerio de Turismo, we can definitely provide those services. Fly out there, and with you already being there, it's a no brainer. It's easy. It's so weird that we're talking about this right now because literally yesterday in the car driving back from Canola, we went on a business slash family trip for Valentine's Day, um, showing a, a $750,000 property up there. On the way back, we, we got a call for a music video to my phone, which, it sh which we were like confused because we took my number off of a lot of the, the businesses, Jack Brandy included. So, and my wife answered the phone and I was, you know, I try to coach her. I'm like, ask for their budget, ask them how they found us, ask for their budget, ask them how they found us. And she doesn't listen to me while she's on the phone. She doesn't ask them. So I don't know their budget and I don't know how they found us, but they were asking for a music video yesterday. Mm. I've never gotten a phone call for a music video ever in my life. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we could but I imagine, remote, you know, bro. Yeah, hablando de Rey de Roma. That's what I told yeah. you. I told you. It was. I think it was a band in Puerto Viejo, bro. <laughs> it might be if it if it is anybody that I possibly because there's um if it's a band from Puerto Viejo, it might be Los Buffalos de Ecuador. Look them up. Uh, it's possible. Los it's possible because you know we got Carnival coming this weekend, and we've got all kinds of like parties and concerts mm -hmm. going on. It's out of control. Mm -hmm. I forgot about Carnival, man. It's gonna be wild. We're all booked up. I know you were booked up. So I saved my I saved my one I, I I like to save one pocket rental for like the days leading up to the to the holidays here because I've learned that it's a sure thing that there's always gonna be that one last minute planner who's willing to pay three times what the, the night the the you know the, the rate is. And so you do it. You go and you keep keep one listing open for that. Whichever is the last list listing, you know, the weeks before. You keep it open now. All right, brother. Well, this was definitely a pleasure. I don't think we want to get off this call because this was definitely a fun one. I yeah. kind of don't want to, but I, I suppose all good things come to a temporary end. Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah. Let's do a let's do a, a revisit in a couple weeks. Definitely. All right. My pleasure. I feel that we have a lot we can learn from you. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot you can teach me too. I know this guy teaches me stuff every time I talk to him. We could learn a lot from each other. You guys are always invited. I would love to do a, like a cross thing where you guys come on as guests on the iHeartMonta podcast. Oh, heck yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got... We that got, would be cool. We got like we four talk brands we can estate. go there. Not in English or in Spanish? Spanglish. Okay. Spanglish. <laughs> we can do Spanglish. I do Spanglish all the yeah. time. Well, thank you so very much. Mucho thank gusto you. Conocerle. kidding me? This was a pleasure. I, Likewise. I thank you so much for inviting me, Nestor. I really appreciate course, it. Of course, man. Yeah, thank you Thanks, so much. Man.